and welcome to the Brave Feminine Leadership Series 5 by 5 In this series, we'll meet some incredible experts across a range of fields and we'll explore top tips for senior professionals to thrive and find joy in their leadership. So whether you're out for a walk, you're on your daily commute, or you've found a few minutes to yourself with a nice cup of tea, enjoy these conversations and keep a notebook handy for the top tips shared. Today's podcast is titled Women Driving Sustainable Business, a five-by-five discussion on creating positive impact. A study by Boston Consulting Group and MIT found that although 90% of executives find sustainability to be important, only 60% of companies incorporate sustainability into their business strategy, with a mere 25% having sustainability incorporated into their business model. Today, I am thrilled to be joined by Renska Kleinsman, an exceptional leader that I've had the chance to work with. Renska, can I ask you to introduce yourself to our audience and then we'll get into our conversation today. And welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Melissa. Um, Hi, everyone. My name is uh, Renska Kleinsman. I am born and raised in the Netherlands, uh, in Europe. Um, And I identify as a marketing executive, a sustainability leader, um, and last but surely not least, uh, as a parent of uh, of three children. Um, So earlier this month, I celebrated a decade at Google. Uh, I've been working for the company for 10 years, and it's been a very interesting journey. Uh, I worked across our offices in Amsterdam, Tokyo, uh, and the last six and a half years, I've been based in Sydney. Uh, I worked in local as well as regional roles, B2B uh, and B2C. Uh, And currently I'm involved in uh, sustainability. Uh, For Google Asia Pacific, I aim to catalyze sustainability impacts by embedding it in uh, the business strategy. Um, I care deeply about climate change. I think addressing climate change is the the biggest challenge of our time. Uh, And I believe that technology can play and will have to play a transformational uh, role. Uh, So I'm happy to chat to you today uh, about sustainability, Melissa, and especially at this time of year during uh, Earth Month in, uh, in April. Perfect timing. Okay, so let's get straight into some of the questions and let's just kick off with what the term sustainability means. You know, I I saw a recent survey that said over 90% of people say they're familiar with the term, but over 40% are saying only a little bit. So what does the actual term sustainability mean? Yeah, great question. Um, Indeed, it it is becoming quite a, a buzzword. It's a very broad term. Um, And I'll tell you what it means to me. Uh, Personally, uh, I'm focused in work and in my personal life on environmental sustainability. And um, the definition that I like most is uh, meeting the needs of the present without compromising the ability of future generations to meet their own needs. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's not a definition I, I came up with myself. It's used by the United Nations. And it uh, presumes that resources are finite, which they are, right? Um, So for me, sustainability is about taking responsibility in uh, how to make use and uh, manage resources, but also taking responsibility to help fight climate change. Um, We we have about seven years left to keep global warming under one and a half uh, degrees. uh, And with that, to avoid from the most uh, catastrophic impact. Um, So I think like on a professional level for businesses, 
uh, operating sustainably means uh, to not only focus on profit, but also focus on planet. Uh, and increasingly, you'll, you'll see those two elements coming together anyway. Um, so it means reducing your emissions uh, and not just carbon offsetting, but actually reducing your emissions and ensuring that that inevitable energy consumption uh, you have as a business runs on renewable energy, uh, but also minimizing your resources. Uh, so use of water, raw material, uh, minerals, um, uh, minimizing your, um, uh, your waste uh, and driving circularity. Um, and for me, like in my personal life, sustainability comes down to taking a step back and being more, more mindful and thinking about, again, like the energy and material that I use, how can, how can I minimize my personal uh, impact in, in how I shop, how I travel, how I eat, uh, and, and also how I manage my waste. Brilliant. So, and you may have touched a little bit on this in your introduction, but I'd love to just get into, you've got such a deep passion for this. And, you know, I, I know um, from personal experience that even whilst on maternity leave, you undertook, you know, additional study to really get deeply into this space. Where's that deep passion come from? Yeah, um, I, I think in part it stems from guilt over my own privileges. Um, I've, I've had so many opportunities in my life by uh, traveling, getting to know people with all kinds of backgrounds, uh, enjoying beautiful nature and, and being able to, to build my independence, uh, but also through education. I've studied in the Netherlands, in Mexico, and as you mentioned, I studied uh, business sustainability management at Cambridge. Um, so I feel like I'm a very privileged person, and I believe that privilege comes with uh, with a responsibility to do something with it. Um, and and secondly, my my children are a big driver. So um, when I think about my own childhood, uh, it was without uh, any worries. Uh, but when I look at them, I can't help to envision what a future for them will look like. Um, so in in their very short lives, they've experienced bushfires, a pandemic. Uh, last year, an evacuation to uh, escape from floods here in Sydney. And, um, but don't get me wrong, I know that they're still part of a very privileged group of people. Uh, but I do think that their lives are going to be with a few more, more worries than, uh, than mine has been. Um, so I think that's, that's, those are the two elements where my, uh, my passion comes from. Mm -hmm. um, and I want to make sure that I, I drive a strong impact on addressing climate change. Um, and I want to be on the right side of history. And that might sound quite strong, uh, but that's actually how, how strongly I feel about it. Uh, I really want to ensure that I use my skills, use my brain power in a way that drives impact that matters. And that's exactly why I came and asked you to do this podcast, because I know how deep that passion runs to the subject and I know how well you're able to articulate it. Franska, you know, why should businesses care about this? Why should executives care about this? Yeah, um, I think as a business, you should care um, because your most important stakeholders uh, care. Um, so um, consumers care. Um, what you see in, in Google search trends, which gives you a good insight, right, into what people think and what they want to know more about. You can see all-time highs for search trends like buying an electric vehicle, uh, solar energy. People are increasingly looking for ways to live more, uh, more sustainably. Mm -hmm. uh, but also 
consumers expect brands and businesses to act. Increasingly, consumers won't buy anymore from brands that don't take responsibilities, and they want um, brands to be uh, to be uh, authentic and to truly take action. Um, employees care. Um, people are, are no longer going to work for a company that doesn't have a strong green uh, footprint. And this is increasingly true as younger generations will, uh, will join the workforce. Um, suppliers care. Every business, like as a business, you're always someone's scope, uh, scope three. Uh, so as you, you partner with, uh, uh, with suppliers, uh, you need to take your uh, responsibility. Uh, but also a government scare. Regulations and reporting requirements are increasing. Um, and I, I think here it's it's interesting to, to keep a close eye on how this is unfolding in, uh, in Europe, uh, where um, uh, reporting on emissions is mandatory, but also there's um, uh, mandatory improvements to product design in terms of products, uh, circularity, energy uh, performance, and, and even what consumers do with a product at the end of their life. Uh, uh, brands and uh, manufacturers are uh, having to take responsibility for that as well. Um, and I think like this is, uh, it's interesting to keep an eye on Europe because in the end, that's also uh, the direction that Australia is taking. Uh, Australia is already preparing for company level disclosure of emissions and, uh, and climate risk. Um, so this is, this is also an element that as a business, you, um, uh, you need to take into account. Um, and in the end, like it's, it's common sense, right? Like businesses can only flourish in a healthy environment. Um, so if we won't take care of the environment, like as a business, you're not going to survive. So um, I know you and I had a, a brief chat before we sort of started our conversation today. Um, and I asked you about greenwashing. And I don't want to assume people understand what greenwashing is. So I might just quickly ask you to how would you define greenwashing? Um, greenwashing is um, um, uh, claiming that you're operating in a sustainable or carbon neutral uh, way, um, whereas in fact the reality when you dive into the, the true impact that you have as a business uh, is not as, as clean as it uh, appears to be. And it's really, it's, it's fascinating to me because obviously so many of my conversations are around leadership. And so when I think of the term greenwashing, to me, it just occurs that, you know, our values are continuing to shift. And so many people are talking about wanting their leaders to be authentic and wanting their leaders to be vulnerable, to be real. Yeah. And when I think about greenwashing, you know, there's an element of exaggeration in there, right? So I just think it's, it's all the same. Those values are saying don't pretend to be something you're not be authentic and I guess show that you're working on it is probably what consumers are potentially asking for in that space. Yeah, exactly. And I think like this is this is such a huge uh, transition and, and system change that as a society that we need to need to drive. Not everyone has the answers, right? Mm -hmm. So I think it's it's the right thing to do as a brand and as a business to be vulnerable and also to indicate uh, that, that you don't have all the answers. Um, as long as you're being true to your commitments and you're being transparent, transparent in the activities that you undertake. Mm, absolutely. So there's so much debate around is this, uh, you know, private responsibility, public responsibility, um, or the consumer. What can we actually do as individuals? And, you know, where do you land on that conversation? Yeah. 
Um, so there's there's so much you can do as an individual, um, and it's so important uh, as an individual to take action. Um, and I think that's even my most important message. Uh, I want to like debunk the myth that there's no use in in taking those smaller individual uh, action because in the end, like all of that impact adds up, um, and that action inspires other. Uh, individuals um, like my, my friends are getting sick of me using like a, a shampoo bar uh, for shampoo instead of buying a bottle but in the end like it does like inspire some action and some of them have have tried it um, I think like your actions inspire businesses also to take actions and even uh, even governments to adjust regulation like um, I was listening to a podcast the other day which was talking about how a revolution never started by new government regulations. It started by consumers and individuals voicing their needs and changing, changing their demands. Um, so I think, first of all, uh, individual action does matter. Mm -hmm. um, and then just to make that a bit more tangible, like what, what can you do? Um, there's a framework from uh, the United Nations, uh, which is called Act Now. And they give you they give you very uh, uh, tangible actions that you can take as an individual. So it's about uh, saving energy, um, but also changing your home source uh, of energy. Uh, for example, thinking about whether uh, uh, solar energy is a um, is an option for you, uh, but also actions like stop eating meat and going plant based. Um, when you look at the numbers, um, for example, beef produces an incredible amount of emissions. Um, it requires 20 times more land to produce and it, it emits 20 times more emissions when you compare that to more uh, common plant proteins. Um, so that can have uh, a very strong impact too. Um, and I think overall, just being like mindful of how you use your resources, uh, like the mantra that even my, my kids in, in school and daycare now learn is uh, reduce, if you can't reduce, then make sure to reuse, then go to repairing. And as a last resort, uh, think about recycling. Uh, and especially like, like be aware that 100% recycling is often not possible, right? Part of the material ends up in landfill anyway. Um, so I think it's, um, it's good to be more like mindful of the resources that you, that you use. Um, and it's, it's a double whammy, like it saves energy to manufacture if you use your uh, products multiple times, but also it saves the waste and all harmful impact that comes from disposing your products. Um, so I, I think especially here in Australia, where there's such a strong coffee culture, for example, smaller things like using a keep cup. I, I was doing a, a short Google search before I joined just to see like how many takeaway coffee cups we throw away every year in Australia and end up in landfill. Do you want to have a guess, Melissa? I'm terrified and I'm going to have to put my hand up and say I'm still consuming those takeaway coffee cups. So how many is it? Tell me so I can change my behaviour immediately. Yeah, 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 I will. It's over one billion every year that end up in landfill in Australia. Wow. Incredible, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's a pretty small thing, isn't it, for most of us to... Yeah. No, definitely. And I think um, so. So again, this, this is a good example. So where like individual individual action um, inspires broader action, because what you see happening now in like the, um, the coffee place around my corner where I get my coffee, um, you'll already see that you, you get a 25 cents discount if you bring your own cup. 
Um, so it's those smaller incentives and seeing that like businesses play into it uh, that in the end will drive collective action. Fantastic. So what happens, you know, a lot of our audience are senior professional women, not exclusively. Hello to everyone who's listening to the conversation today. But if our companies are not as focused as we hope, what can we actually do to help in that space as individuals? Yeah. Um, so first of all, I, I strongly believe that every job is a climate job. Um, so often sustainability in a business is the, the primary responsibility of a chief sustainability officer or a sustainability team. Uh, but you, you don't need to have sustainability in your job title to take impactful action. Um, and, and as a matter of fact, my, my most important inclusion is that sustainability needs to be integrated into every element of the business strategy in, in every part of the, of the business from like greening your operations all the way to like demonstrating those clear and, and measurable commitments. Um, and, and even more like in the long term, I think sustainability teams should become obsolete. Uh, it needs to be fully integrated in the in the way of working. Um, but um, so like what you can do uh, to help obviously diverse uh, across businesses and, and industries. Uh, but I think at a, at a high level, the first step is to understand where your company is at in the climate journey. Mm -hmm. um, so read into any material that is available, ask questions, uh, connect with colleagues. I'm pretty sure you're not the only one who's, who's interested and who's willing to take action. Um, and then try to, uh, uh, try to understand like what the uh, impact is that your uh, business drive and like where the biggest opportunities are. Uh, but also like understand the, the willingness of your business to invest and, uh, and, ma and make changes. Um, so how, how aware is your business of the, the need uh, to act? Um, and then like once you get a better understanding, I think the second step is to make it more tangible and like define the two to three most impactful actions that can be taken. Um, and here there's, um, there's, there's a lot of resources available. Um, there's, there's several frameworks of which two I found particularly helpful. Um, one is a framework for, uh, from Work for Climate, uh, and they offer uh, playbooks that guide you through every step you need to take to, uh, for example, help your employer switch uh, the company's uh, default superannuation fund to a more ethical one. Uh, and they give you like the, the knowledge to persuade stakeholders, but also like, more practical actions that, uh, that you can take. And um, investment is one area, but there's also playbooks for uh, how to run your company on renewable energy, or for example, use, use uh, your business's power to influence policymaking. Um, so I think work for climate is a is helpful uh, framework. Uh, and the other one, uh, which I've used a lot is Project Drawdown. Um, and Project Drawdown might be, might be familiar to you. It's an, an NGO that helps the world achieve drawdown, which is mm -hmm. the point where like the level of, of uh, greenhouse gases stop climbing and actually start to, start to decline. Um, and they, they have a very, um, uh, they're very solutions focused uh, and they invest in uh, scientifically uh, viable solutions. Um, and um, among like, like those many initiatives, uh, they also developed a business framework that helps businesses to um, uh, think about the actions that they can take from reducing emissions to uh, again, like influencing climate policy, but also product development and procurement, for example. 
Um, so think like as you assess your own business, those kind of frameworks can help you uh, uh, can help you guide. Um, Fantastic. I think just one, one last step because like in the end, it's very important to understand what you can do. Um, but especially like like how do, how do you get there, right? And how do you drive change agency? Um, so how do you how do you make sure that sustainability goes from a pet project or a nice to have to, to actually being core to the business strategy? Um, and during my time at Cambridge, I became familiar with um, um, yeah, what is it? A, a framework um, built by an organization that's called the Embedding Project. Um, okay. And they have um, uh, created resources to help businesses operate more sustainably. Um, and one of them is a change agency framework based on interviews with over 200 CEOs and board members. Really? And um, yeah, it's, it's, it's really good input. It also is very impactful because as you read through, they have uh, quotes from those uh, CEOs and board members, which really uh, brings the content to life. Um, and there's, um, there's, there's uh, three pointers uh, that I continue to apply in my day to day. Um, so one is connect your idea to business strategy, not the other way around. Yes. Uh, so don't suggest a completely new strategy, but articulate how sustainability ties into the existing business strategy. Um, and like even simple things, right? Like when you present to your uh, executive board, like take a presentation that comes from them uh, even with like the same visual elements, but then show like how you integrate uh, sustainability into existing strategy. Um, so I think that's a powerful one. Um, the second one is is making sure that you know the business. So like know what keeps your leadership up at night. What are the problems that they're trying to solve? And then like how does sustainability tie in and how does sustainability become part of the uh, solution? Um, and the third one, um, and I'll, I'll admit that I also, I learned this the hard way, uh, but it's harnessing your, uh, your passion, uh, but keeping your emotions in check. So I think like passion can be very uh, inspiring, uh, but you want to steer clear of um, emotional monologues that can, can take away from your credibility. Mm -hmm. um, you, you mostly want to uh, establish competence, like show that you know the business and show that you know how sustainability can help solve uh, solve problems. Renska, they are brilliant tips and not just for uh, sustainability. I mean, those tips are relevant for any ideas people are trying to incorporate, you know, into a business. So thank you so much for sharing those. I was also having a little smile when you said, uh, and I agree wholeheartedly, that sustainability is everyone's job. And, you know, I remember... I think I've heard people still say this, but you know, I think we used to say in an organisation, sales is everyone's job. You know, we're all in sales. So now we're all in sustainability too. Yeah, I love that. And I, <laughs> and I think we're all in diversity too. So, you know, I think um, there's so much opportunity here. Let me ask you, if you could have a final sort of word to our audience, where, where would be the final place that you would finish? What would be the final thing you'd want people to know? Um, I think the, um, like the, the final, um, the final step, like as, uh, as a business, uh, that you should take is to not only like neutralize any harm that you do as a business, but to go a step further and become uh, net positive. Hmm. Um, and I think what I find a very inspiring example is, uh, Patagonia, 
the, the brand ambitions yes. for outdoor uh, clothing. So they, they do a ton of work to uh, neutralize their activity and operate sustainably. But they, they, go, they go a step further and they uh, invest in activism, uh, uh, philanthropy, but also advocacy. Um, so they, you, uh, you might be familiar with their uh, campaigns. But one of their campaigns uh, was the Don't Buy This Jacket campaign, which they launched on Black Friday. Uh, and it was meant to discourage their customers from buying their clothing, uh, clothing they, they might not need at the moment. And, and with that, to raise awareness of the environmental impact of, of consumerism. Um, and I thought that was such a, such a powerful uh, uh, campaign to Absolutely. not, yeah, to not like as a business only focus on, um, on the profits, um, but like truly care about the planet as well. Um, I think a second example is an initiative which they launched, which is Wornware, uh, uh, which encourage, encourages customers to uh, repair and reuse their clothing rather than like constantly buying new items. Mm -hmm. uh, I, think, I think they're an amazing example of going beyond what's needed and, uh, or expected at a, at a minimum. Black Friday is brilliant, you know, completely going against the grain mm. on a day when it's so, you know, consumerism and fast fashion probably at its highest on those days. So that's brilliant. Renska, thank you so much for adding your voice to our conversation and sharing your experience and expertise. I will pop into the show notes those resources that you mentioned so that people can access those if they're interested. I hope everyone's had the chance to hear our message loud and clear today. And Renska, thank you so much for being part of the conversation. Not a problem. Thank you. Thanks for having me.